Thank you for joining us for this teaching from Pennington AG Church. We are in a series entitled Good News, talking about the good news of Jesus Christ, sharing that good news, living that good news, and understanding that sharing the message of Jesus is not a complicated uh, theological argument or anything to stress us out but is a natural outpouring of the goodness that God is doing in our lives. In this series, we are defining the good news as simply these four ideas. Number one, our God reigns, still reigns, always has reigned, is reigning in his goodness in Jesus Christ, that we have value, that God made us on purpose, and we had such value that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to redeem us, to save us, and to die in our place, that we will be comforted, that God loves us and is going to heal our wounds, that Jesus Christ has done that in the grave and through the resurrection, and finally, that our lives have a future, that you and I have a future in this earth and in eternity by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And all of this is the good news wrapped up in the character of who Jesus was and is and always will be in our lives. I am excited today to introduce a guest preacher who is bringing a powerful word on Romans chapter 10 today. Reverend Richard Linderman is a pastor for several decades, recently retired, and is now attending as a part of Pennington AG Church. And today, he is bringing the word of how good it is and how beautiful are the feet who bring good news. I hope you are blessed by this word as much as I have been in talking with him about what God is speaking in his heart through the text today. Thank God for preachers. Let me read a scripture from Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach? unless they are sent. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Yes, thank God for preachers. How different human history would be without men and women of God sent forth into this world with a message for mankind. How dark and evil this world would have stayed without prophets and priests, apostles, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to bring the light of the gospel. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. And how can someone hear unless a preacher is out there ministering the true word of God, the gospel? I thank God that he, in his mercy and wisdom, down through the centuries, have called men and women to be proclaimers of his holy word. I thank God for the wonderful pastor that I had growing up 
I was saved under his ministry, baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit, called into the ministry myself. He was a godly example and touched the lives of literally thousands around this world. Many men and women were called into ministry through his godly life, and I thank God for ministers. And you know, I am so thrilled to see young men and women of this new generation being called and sent forth. And I'm so thankful that at here at Pennington Assembly of God, we have a young man who was called of God to become a minister. And he has been ministering faithfully over these past years. And I thank God that he was willing to say, yes, Lord, you've called me and I'm willing to go. And the word of God teaches us that we are to honor and to respect and to obey and pray for our ministers. And you know, you should be in a church where you are proud of your pastor. If you're not proud of your pastor, you need to get another church. I say that sincerely. Because we need to be inviting people to come to church. Right now, we are leaving out of that grip of COVID. And things are starting to open up. And I want to encourage you. Start to invite friends and neighbors and family members back to the house of God. We need to return. You know, we've been praying for revival. We want God to move in a special way in America and to awaken us as a nation before God. But you know, it begins with obedience. And we need to remember that the Word of God teaches that we should never forsake the assemblings of ourselves together. Now that we are allowed to start gathering back together, I encourage you, if you haven't been in church for a year or more, now's the time to come back and bring a friend with you and let them know about the good news of the gospel. You know, all of us as Christians are called to be preachers, even though we may not stand behind a pulpit. But we are to be preachers in our homes, in our jobs, in the school, in our community. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, said this, Give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God, and I care not whether they be clergymen or laymen. Such alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of God upon the earth. God is looking for you to be a preacher, to bring forth the word of God to those who are around you. We are all called to be witnesses for Christ, preaching by our very examples. St. Francis of Assisi said, Preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. Our lives should be the greatest message and example of the gospel. Cervantes said, He preaches well 
who lives well. And St. Jerome once wrote, Do not let your deeds belie your words, lest when you speak in church, someone may say to himself, Why do you not practice what you preach? An old proverb says, An ounce of practice is worth a pound of preaching. You know, parents, I believe, are the first real preachers to their own children. And they are the most important preachers. There's a beautiful passage found in the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontless before your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Parents are the first preachers of the Word of God to their children. And I encourage you as Christian parents, teach the Word of God to your sons and daughters. Teach them how to pray. Teach them how to read the Word of God. Teach them scriptural, godly songs. And I encourage you every day, have family devotions with them where you read the Word of God and pray with them. I'm so thankful that growing up in my home, after dinner, my dad would bring out the Bible and as we grew older, we would all take turns reading one chapter out of the Bible. It helped me to learn how to read. And then we'd all take a turn to pray. And it taught me how to pray and to put thoughts and words together. These things are so important. I thank God for a godly mom and dad who were my first preachers and who taught me about the love of God. All of us are called to be witnesses and preachers and spokesmen and women for God. But you know, you need to know the scripture to lead someone to Christ. And I encourage you to memorize scriptures which help you to lead someone to Christ. Probably the best known passages of scripture is called the Roman road that helps us to find people who need the Lord and how to address them and to lead them to know the Lord. Let me share some of these scriptures with you. First in Romans chapter 3 verse 23 it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In Romans 6, 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then in Romans chapter 5, 
verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And then in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. These are scriptures that I encourage you to memorize. And you could write them on three by five cards and just keep them before your eyes until you know them. So that if someone asks you, how can I find God? What's this thing about salvation? How, how does one approach God? You can give them these tremendous scriptures and help them to find the Lord Jesus Christ. Soul winning should begin in our families. You know, it's so interesting as you look at the Gospels in John chapter 1, verse 41, we see Andrew bringing his brother Peter to Christ. And then in the Gospel of Mark, we see that Peter brings Christ to his house, home with him, if you will. And there he ministered to his mother-in-law who was sick, and she rose up. And because she was healed, many people in that city, in that town, came around to receive healing from the Lord. Also in John chapter 1, verse 45, we read of Philip telling Nathaniel, his friend, about Jesus. You know, it should begin in a natural way, our friends, our families, of sharing the gospel with them. We need to win them first. It's so interesting that many times churches, as they begin, it starts with family. One person gets saved. They share it with a brother or a sister, a mom or a dad, and then that one gets saved. And then it just moves to the whole family until multitudes of people. I thank God for a church that I pastored in Princeton, New Jersey, how that that church had a family that came to Christ and it touched the lives of brothers and sisters and grandchildren, and it still goes on of touching families. You know, we need to be praying for revival, but also we need to be working for revival by preaching the gospel by our godly lives and by witnessing. You know, it says of Jesus that he went about doing good. And that's what you and I need to be doing. Doing good, helping others. Those who need a physical touch, those who may need food or clothing or shelter, helping out in whatever way we can to touch our community with the gospel. And then sharing with them what Christ has done in our lives and can do for them. I think it's so important for us to be praying for revival 
and all of us to remember those words, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the gospel of peace, the good news of the gospel. Because without a preacher, how will they hear? How will they know the gospel? God wants you and I to preach the gospel by our lives and by our words. God bless you today, and may you sense that divine call of God upon your life to become a witness to your family and community starting this very day. The Lord bless you. What a powerful and encouraging word about sharing the message of Jesus Christ. Throughout, we want to give you a few concrete applications of what you can do to be sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. The first thing is rekindle the fire of your salvation. In your own prayer time or reading of scripture, invite the Holy Spirit to remind you about the goodness of Jesus Christ in your life. If you've been saved for a long time or many decades now, invite the Holy Spirit to restore to you the joy of your salvation and remind yourself of how good our God is. Number two is pray. Pray and trust that the Holy Spirit is gonna do the hard work for you. Pray that he is bringing the right people into your life, he's preparing their hearts, and he will give you the words to share when the opportunities do come up. Third is go. You gotta go. You gotta get outside of your house, get outside of yourself, start conversations. If Jesus' life is any bit of a guide for you, then that means you should be going to those who are hurting, putting yourself into the position of those who are vulnerable and needing of help. Go serve somewhere, be present with those who are hurting, and invite the Holy Spirit to work in you there. Fourth and final is be present. Be present wherever you are. Don't make this an agenda or a checklist. Be present with the people God has put in your life. Love them, and as Paul encourages us, really love them. Work to listen and be a good listener. Be present to those who are around you. Move in stillness and slowness. And in those moments, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you opportunities to share about Jesus, opportunity to love others as Christ has loved you, and opportunities for the good news of Jesus to overflow out of your life. Lastly, as you watch this, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to give you a chance just to pray a simple prayer of walking in that relationship or beginning it today. That good news is for you today. You're watching this because today is the day for you to embrace and understand the good news of Jesus Christ for you. Pray this prayer with me in this moment. Jesus, today, I recognize you as the good news of my life as the God and creator of who I am, who has come to restore me, save me, and provide me with eternity. Jesus, I believe that you came to this earth and you lived as man and God in one. I believe you taught about loving and caring and you restored the broken. You died in my place on the cross for my sin and my shame. You were buried and on the third day, you rose from the grave, resurrected with the fullness of life and that by trusting in you, I may have eternity with you and a destiny in this world. You gave your life for me. Today, I give my life to follow you. Will you lead me and guide me as Savior and Lord? I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. 
you're watching this video, you can find one of the links around here. If that was the first time you've ever prayed that, please click one of these links. We would love to celebrate with you, resource you, and connect with you. Thank you, and continue to share the good news of Jesus.